Now to you, Emmanuel. Um, can you talk a bit about who you are and what you are doing, um, what you have been doing and what you're doing now? So um, I'm a researcher by background. I've got a degree and a PhD in psychology, and I'm very interested about human interaction and how people use objects in their interaction, which led me to uh, work in a digital world. I start with engineering university, and then after I start working in the um, you know, real uh, corporate and uh, private sector, and mm -hmm. how to use all my skills as a researcher to this new field, because at first, you know, it was only usability or a bit of ergonomics, but it's much more than that now. You've got all, we have to take everything into consideration, behavior, motivation, as well as uh, uh, the effectiveness of, of the product. So, yeah, that's me. I've been doing that for many years, and uh, I like to share my knowledge and my experience about you know user research mm -hmm. and and kind of where are you now what are you doing now at the moment i work for education first uh, i'm the lead product researcher mm -hmm. and uh, so i work on several projects as well as putting in place some processes and increase the improve the capability um, and work uh, across across the um, the, the business and work with engineers, the, the designers, the product owner. So very hands-on project at the moment. So I'd actually, I'd actually, since you are um, been doing this for so long, how I would actually like to start at the at the start in terms of how do you what is user research to you? How how do you define it when you come into a company who has who who might not have heard of it? or who is only sparingly doing it, how do you, what do you say what user research is and, and what it's good for? So user research is uh, using uh, several research methods in order to understand how people will interact with a product or a prospective product, maybe a product mm -hmm. you don't have yet. Or we want to understand your users uh, in order to improve your current product. So we are here to bring evidences uh, that will help the stakeholders to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So we are yep. really here to support the product development um, process. So you kind of give also the confidence to to make a decision in a way, right? Because there's like user research behind it. Yes, we, it correctly. Mm -hmm. we bring we bring evidences. So everything we bring, it's uh, it's evidence coming from quantitative and qualitative research method. And the stakeholders can make the right decision if we realize and they want to create a new product, but the data show that actually it's not the right thing mm -hmm. to do. You know, they can make the right decision because a lot of people think they can, they have ideas. Everyone got different ideas for a product, right. especially mm -hmm. a startup. Just imagine a startup, you oh, know, they, sure. they've got, oh, <laughs> I'm going to start a new project, sure. it's an amazing product. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and at the end, you know, they realize that it's only them who think it's a great product. If mm -hmm. the user is not going to be there to use it, it's pointless. Yeah. It's a waste of money. And uh, research also helps financially to make the right financial decision for the for the company, small or big one. And then, and then how? Because also you you're doing this for quite a while. Like, how mm -hmm. has it? What, what was like the evolution? Because we were talking a bit about beforehand when you were walking <laughs> with big cameras through the city. So I mean, how? Yeah, I mean, how, how did it start? How did you start out? And and. How is it today and how is it maybe in the future? Okay, before I used to go to do field work with my tripod, my camera, uh, spending a lot of time in a 
transport and it was very heavy stuff even the computer was heavy mm -hmm. so it was like a huge bag to to get somewhere and also we had to transfer the data it was very difficult to get the to get the qualitative data quant it's a bit better but quant we used to have surveys so well, we used to have paper one we had to translate them so that mm -hmm. was not too bad but for recording interaction and people using product you know my god it was so complicated now it's easy you've got your laptop you do you don't have you can test something at the other part of the world you've got remote testing everything is recorded you can analyze your data you've got new software like a user zoom who do a lot of stuff as well you know you've got mm -hmm. so many tools at your disposal now than we didn't have at first so the the profession really changed and it's a new um it's a new profession but it really change in a way that we've got better tools now to do our work you know so and, it's faster much faster and and where do you think like looking out at this profession where where do you think like five ten years from now where where we will be i think we can have a lot of automation and a lot of things we are doing mm -hmm. and we may also have some uh, ai a lot Uh, mm -hmm. for, um, you know, for question interviews, if it's systematic, sometimes it's becoming very systematic what we are doing. Mm -hmm. Even if we do the field work, it's still very important. But then after you start to testing and retesting uh, some, um, some product, we may just have some, yeah, some automation behind it. Mm -hmm. More and I more. Could, I could actually especially imagine kind of AI applications in yeah. evaluating the results, especially of qualitative um, stuff and of quantitative as well, actually, both. And then, it, and then see the correlations. It could be quite difficult because, but if we follow a systematic approach with a thematic mm -hmm. analysis, you can have, for example, the researcher, which is going to tag the, the data, say, okay, I'm looking for uh, the right. color, uh, the difficulties. And then, you know, some of the stuff could be pre-tagged in the software and the software mm -hmm. can get the information. So then you get more data, but you will not have the full context. So that mm -hmm. we still need yeah. as a researcher to understand the context, to understand the people, the behavior, you know, that we still need at some point to have some people on the field to do the work, you know. So, And, and I mean, speaking actually of going out into the world and doing the work. So you were mentioning um, that you, before in our conversation that you are um, still going out and actually doing the, the field work yourself. Oftentimes, can you talk a bit about that and also maybe give some advice to um, user researchers that might be in a, in a leadership position and might not be able to get this much work done anymore um, mm. and why you are still doing it? I think it's very important to keep your hands on because you... you... You need to understand your user, the context. Uh, if you do home visit, if you, especially if you do international research, you really have to see what's going on. You don't have to do all the research, but it's good to understand because when you make decision, you know, mm -hmm. you've got some background. It's sometimes very difficult if you lose it. And also yeah. if you are a researcher, you do it because you've got a passion for research right. and you're super curious. So if you stop doing the research, it's like a part of you is gone. So it's nice to keep doing it or support the younger generation, you know, mentor mm -hmm. people, help them at the beginning and supervise what they are doing, go for their first field visit, you know, that's very uh, important. But for me, I do think that it's very important to keep doing uh, the work and to be hands-on, not all the time, but to still do it, mm -hmm. you know, otherwise you are going to lose contact with the research method, with what's happening, uh, with the participant, 
you know, if you don't understand your users, you know, uh, and sometimes you try to explain to other people what that is the, the motivation, the, the, the context, how things are, you know, if different cultures, you have to see it to feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you really need to, to have the immersion into it. And then, so if you are coming into a new company and you are seeing like they have a lot of UX designers and maybe they have um, one UX researcher, like what do you do? Because I, I mean, I see this quite often, you know, you have, you have a pretty big UX team, but then um, very few user researchers. Can you tell me about like your view on that? And are also UX designers doing research or like what, what are you seeing in the field and what do you recommend in, in terms of um, uh, companies that are, might not be that far yet in the maturity level of their user yeah. research? There is a maturity uh, uh, model about uh, user research and a lot of mm -hmm. companies are not mature yet. I will say at the moment, the, the company, which is not really a company because it's a public sector, mm -hmm. which is super mature in terms mm -hmm. of user research, that the government, the British government, with mm -hmm. their GDS, Governmental yeah. Digital Service, and the gov.uk, and I've been working for them a lot. Um, so they've got so many researchers, every department got between 30 to 40 user researchers, and in comparison, they got, they got far less designers. Uh, they may have service designer, but less designers. Mm -hmm. And they really incorporate the user research through the product development. And you can mm -hmm. see everything they are doing, you know, is working. And they, to test it sooner is better. So when yeah. you start building a product, actually it's working. You just mm -hmm. try an error before you start building it. And if you start building it, and then realize, oh, I didn't do any research, or I'm going to use an agency, or I'm going to hire a contractor mm -hmm. to do some research, it's too late. It, mm -hmm. will, it will cost too much money to, do, to, to make the changes. So every time I arrive in a new organization, it's my little battle, <laughs> it's to explain, actually, not only to say we need more researchers, that's normally the first thing I'm saying. But the second thing <laughs> <Yeah>. is to <laughs> always, always. Yeah. The second thing is try to explain why we need more researcher and what we do because a lot mm -hmm. of people do not understand a job. We are expert in research. We don't design. Mm -hmm. We don't. Um, we are not working on the content. We don't write right. the content. We don't design. We don't build anything. We just here to bring evidences and uh, to support the product development. We are a support person. And mm -hmm. we need people in different projects because it takes time to do mm -hmm. research, even if we become much faster because we have to work agile and very quickly and we can do a mm -hmm. run of testing in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. We still need more researcher because it's time consuming to prep, to recruit, to prepare the discussion guide. For, I'm talking about user testing, mm -hmm. you know, to do the session, then analyze the session. A lot of people don't spend the time to analyze, you know, big mistake. <laughs> you have to allocate time to analyze your data and then extract the finding and then uh, speak with your team to say what those findings mean to the product and what we, how we're going to move forward. So I think there is a misunderstanding of a role because it's a new profession. There is no training. Right. There is no mm -hmm. degree or master. There is a master in UX, but not right. in, in user research. Mm -hmm. So people who come from design don't have the skill set. They don't know how to analyze quantitative data. They don't know mm -hmm. how to analyze qualitative data. There is a process. There is a learning curve how to 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 
to analyze data. So you need mm -hmm. a certain background to do it. You're not going to always do the analogy with, you know, when you build a plane, okay, you got people are going to be super technical. So that's mm -hmm. the engineer. Yeah. You've got the designer who are going to do the chairs, you know, the whole, the TV and the thing, mm -hmm. that's the designer. Mm -hmm. And you've got the researcher to see how it's going to fit with the environment. So the co-pilot will be, you know, uh, you have the, the cockpit where you will have the pilot and the co-pilot. So we mm -hmm. need to observe them in interaction to see how they use all their uh, button and if they are the right position for them. Mm -hmm. Or you see, or are the chair comfortable enough? You know, so that would be yeah. observation. So you have a bit of ergonomies, you have a bit of, of social interaction, of use of object in interaction. Mm -hmm. So you have a different skill set. So for a plane, would you put a designer to evaluate the place of the button uh, right. for, a for, for a pilot? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Or you do the same thing in an operating theater. Would you put so a designer to evaluate the capability or how how this uh, product is is uh, fitting the working environment of those people no you put a proper researcher to test it so what so what do you what do you then say um when you get into a company and they have no researchers and the designers or the product managers are actually doing um do, doing the research are they um I mean, I guess it's still better to do some research, uh, even if it's not, even if they don't have the full, um, full capabilities. Or, or do you still say, like, guys, you need to have a, a user researcher um, um, in house? Well, okay, so it's better to do a little bit than not at all. So that's mm -hmm. for sure. But sometimes the some designers are very good and learn very quickly and went to a lot of uh, workshops and to have some skill set because they understand the need mm -hmm. of doing user research. But for them, it's adding some more work. So mm -hmm. it's always difficult for them also to test their own design. Yeah. So, you know, the, where is right. the objectivity? Right. You know, okay, good I'm point, creating yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right. to but actually, that's a great <laughs> piece of work. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, uh -huh. So, yeah. So, but you know, you do what you can with what you've right. got. And I think it's going to take, it's taking time. It's getting much better and organization on the start to understand the need. And I think when they realize and they make a, a failure on a project, mm -hmm. uh, they realize they didn't do the research. Yeah. You know, and I've seen so many companies going through, they have to fail first. To realize right, I just any wanted day. to say. I just wanted to say. But and, and then so so you come into a company and then um, what if you get pushback? Like what what's the what are the arguments mm. that you're mm. using mm. pro user research? Mm. Uh, because I know a lot of um, um, UX leaders, design leaders, whether it's design leaders or, or product owners have mm. have that issue, um, and and that's why it happens that you know research gets done afterwards or yes, or, they they just yeah. do it to tick the box. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where it should be done earlier and it should be integrated to the product development. So you got the discovery first. So you do some research. Then you do some, uh, the alpha, a proof of concept with designer mm -hmm. and test. And so you test prototypes. So you test, improve, test, improve until it's ready. You move to the beta. You still do the research, but that we start testing on a real build product. Mm -hmm. And you can have new feature going through the alpha and coming back. And right. then it's going live, and then you start setting up your analytics. So when it's live, you can you can gather the data, 
So then you can identify if your product is not working. And then if you realize something is not working, you go back to a mini discovery, then to an alpha, then to a beta. And it's always like this, you know? And how do you, I mean, how, st- uh, still though, I might, I might be, I might be like a, a manager and I, and I tell you like, yeah, but we don't have, we don't have time for this. You know, I mean, how do I, how do I calculate the return on investment on something like that? You know, that's always an issue. Um, so <laughs> how, I mean, what do you say? You know, I mean, I, I guess if someone has gone through it and done only acceptance testing and, and kind of seeing that it's not working, um, and has to pedal back, they might see it. But what about the others that, that you know, still have the pushback and like, yeah, research is an afterthought? Yeah, well, if they don't do it straight away, so the probability to do everything right the first time is quite little, yeah. okay? Everyone is, you know, even if you got a great idea, it's not yeah. going to be perfect. Perfection is very rare. It may exist, very rare. people, <laughs> but yeah. very rare, okay? Mm-hmm. So you may start building a product and uh, say, okay, it's live, but no one is using it. Or you create mm-hmm. a new functionality on your product and you yeah. realize with your analytics, no one is going there. Why? Mm-hmm. I had an example of a company who actually um, were doing some stuff through subscription and they created a new product within the subscription. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that if you want to buy your subscription for a friend, they had to re-put all the card details. And I said, of course, they are not going to do it because no one wants to put your car- their cart again if they already have a subscription. They just want an add-on to their sus- subscription. Mm-hmm. But we did. We find out through the user testing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before that, they didn't know. Well, that was yeah. a little thing. But when you build a massive product, digital product costs a lot of money. If you put an agile team, two agile team, uh, in a, uh, to build your product, the cost is huge. If you fail, it's going to cost you much more money. So when you do four weeks of user research, it's far less money than having to make changes like 12 weeks or 24 weeks to rebuild something. So the return on investment is we save you time, we limit Mm -hmm. the risk, and your product is going to be working the first time. Mm -hmm. Or close, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it will be as an MVP, you can be confident it's going to be fine and you keep Mm -hmm. improving it. But if and, you just don't do it, you know, it's, I know a lot of companies who yeah. didn't do it, their product, the number of websites doesn't work. Right. They have to redo it. That's little. If you see governmental platform, which, which happened in the past, you know, where they start commissioning a big engineering company without putting any research, they had to rebuild mm-hmm. the whole project. And it's not like hundred of thousand pounds, it's a billion Right. The cost. Yeah. So you know that's expensive. Could, we, could they afford not to do research? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. We need to I, talk I, numbers with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I also think what sometimes helps is um, if like a competitor of yours is kind of sipping past you just because they are actually doing research and you see their product has a higher adoption rate. Um, mm. I think I think that also helps sometimes to kind mm. of give give some contrast. Like, what are they doing right? Right. A competitor but, review is one of the things we do as well. You know, if yeah. you don't have money to run a, to have a user researcher, do just mm-hmm. do a competitor review. Yeah. Look at what they are doing right. At least if they are doing something right, just copy it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just yeah. You know, it just you just need to be pragmatic. Depending on your budget, you lo- need to look at what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do the whole process, which is perfect, but sometimes it's not possible to do the whole process. So you do what you can with with the the budget you've got. 
especially if you're just starting out. But then, so how, I mean, what do you say if if um, a product manager, a product owner comes to you and says like, uh, yeah, they're doing user research, but the insights always come at the wrong time, right? I mean, the user research is not fast enough. What do you say? What do you uh, they, say? They have, there's two issues. The first mm -hmm. issue, they start uh, incorporating user research far too late. That's one mm -hmm. issue. The other thing is sometimes the researcher, they are too slow. So they have yeah. to learn to be fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very difficult to be fast, uh, especially when you work on several projects. Yeah. And try to provide insight quickly, little, but quickly. So when mm -hmm. you test, don't test the whole platform. Just concentrate on five, three, or three, four, five different feature or aspect of the product. Don't go through the whole thing. You don't have and, time. And I mean, how, how do you prioritize that? So let's say um, there's a sprint coming up. And, and, and I mean, me as a user researcher, what, what do I do um, in terms of how to prioritize the right insights um, so that I am ready when, I, when they need to be delivered? So the very important thing is to integrate the user research within the Agile time. So when they do their mm. planning meeting, they, the research should be anticipated. We need to work a spring in advance to anything. Yep. And actually, the designer should work also almost a sprint in advance to create the design for us, or mm -hmm. a week. But uh, if you do a two-week sprint, um, so we do the design first, they should deliver. So there may be a week, should be fine. But mm -hmm. the, the researcher need to plan, recruit the participant, and do the research, analyze the data, extract the finding, pass on the information to the team. So the team should start their sprint to make changes after they got a recommendation. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to wait the full report, but they should yeah. be, after the analysis, we should have enough information to say, okay, you can start doing this, 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 and this. A blocker, that doesn't work. We need to find other solution. So we need to work at least a sprint in advance, sometimes two sprints in advance. Depends on the size of the project, but we break it down. Mm -hmm. If we're doing the planning meeting, we say we need research for this, we need research for that. We can combine different features together. Mm -hmm. And then we go every two weeks, we do testing. So every two weeks, they should have some findings so they can help actually uh, the product to move forward. Yeah. We need to be in the action in the same circle as the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we deliver when they already uh, launched something, it's too late. And then how, how do, what do you recommend to a company who's kind of starting out with this? Do you recommend kind of the agency model that some companies have where you have like a central function of user research versus like these tribes or or um, kind of cross-functional teams um where where user researcher is part every one user researcher in every team or something like that i think it's nice to have a researcher per agile team mm -hmm. That's where it's really working very well. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be very agile and we all sit together. So it's very easy to say, actually, that doesn't work. Say to the designer, could you try mm -hmm. to do something else for me? Actually, you go through the user journey and say, is there something wrong with it? Could we just rethink about it? And then we can ask the uh, engineer, so what do you think to make these changes? How long it's going to take? So before we make a recommendation, we need to be with the team. So if something yeah. is going to take six weeks to build, you know, we remove it from a possibility. Mm -hmm. We don't have time. We yeah. need to find a solution which is feasible and could be done very quickly. Or they need to rethink completely the strategy of the product. You know, if we mm -hmm. see it's a massive blocker, you know, um, so so we need to, to look at that. But having an agency was very good at first. 
to go to see an agency because they were doing it. They had the lab and, you know, they had all the settings. Yeah, right. But now, you know, we do things remotely. We can take a laptop to any coffee mm-hmm. shop to test data, to test some product. The agency, it's a bit experimental. So you can compare like any type of research. You've got the experimental design where it's mm-hmm. very lab, very organized. And mm-hmm. you've got more like the field work in real in yeah. a real environment, which I much prefer. Because if you bring people into your lab, they won't have all the distraction uh, than they will have on their daily life. So, for example, mm-hmm. I did some work with um, the tailors on Saville Rose in London, mm-hmm. where they, it's for, for them to hire their apprentice. You know, to be a tailor, it's five-year apprenticeship in the UK, oh, just wow. to cut, and mm-hmm. another five years to sew. So, wow. you know, it's a okay. massive, you know, that's a, mm-hmm. you get a British suit, it's how they train. So yeah. I went, they don't have time to come to a lab, you know, they are so busy. Right. So I used to go uh, with my laptop in their shop, and there it was very, I went downstairs, you know, they were all like uh, doing uh-huh. their work, cutting, looking fabric everywhere, it was beautiful. But they don't have a computer there. No, they had one computer, a very old one, just for the account. <laughs> so you had to understand the setting. So they had some iPad, they had some iPhone, they had some Android, you know. So, but we need to do something mobile first. Right. You can't mm-hmm. have something on desktop. Mm-hmm. They don't have one. So, you know, we for testing, we had to come with an iPad or with a tablet, you know. So... You have to go to, to the field. If you do that in a lab, you miss out completely the context. Right. And I think that's also one thing that um, we see often is also the kind of choices that people make in terms of methods. And maybe that also comes back to, do you are you a trained user researcher who actually knows the different methods and has used them? But I, I just hear you talking a lot about like field work, you know, being mm. actually out there in the context. Like, mm. I mean, how how often how often do you do that, and in what situations, especially, and and what what are some of the underused methods for you? Um, so out there? it really depends of which phase you are in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about user testing a lot because it's mm-hmm. something we do a lot in alpha and beta where yep. we test new design and we need to put it in front of users. Uh, but if you do a discovery, you do also a lot of field work because you want to understand the people, but you may mm-hmm. do some desk work as well. And you may do a survey to get some more information or, and you will look at the analytics. The analytics are very important because mm-hmm. if you already have a product which is live, you know, you get your analytics to understand what's going on. And then right. you can, you know, if something is not working, like for example, years ago, I worked for Betfair and the game, gambling company. Uh-huh. And uh, the first thing I asked, they wanted to redesign my account. And the first thing I asked, where are the analytics? Give me the analytics. So I went uh-huh. to the data. They had a big data department. I said, right. give me all the analytics, all the different tabs. Yeah. I want to have everything. And I realized that actually there were no traffic in deposit and withdraw the money for a gambling company. So how do they put the money and how they withdraw the money? So I went Mm -hmm. to the financial department. I said, what is your other way actually to actually um, deposit and withdraw the money? I said, oh, they can call the call center. So then I went to Slough, (laughs) took two hours of train to get, and I had a focus group with the the operators, you know, the front Mm -hmm. line, the people who answer to the phone. And they told me, oh, we've got an issue with the cards because they can't, 
after three cards, they can't um, they can't remove their credit card, so they, everything is blocked, and we have to unblock everything through the phone. Mm -hmm. So we had to find out a solution how to for them they could remove their cards and put a new one. We had all the issues mm -hmm. of money laundering. So then after you go to the uh, legal department <laughs> to find out what's going on, how we can do it, and then you spend time with the engineers to find out okay what are the solutions, mm -hmm. and then you continue, and then after you do a testing. With a new mm -hmm. solution, you know, so it's you how you like... do it, and then you can mix method. You have yeah. to be super creative, and yeah. you can and quant and qual should be work should work together. You know, you and can't just do one or the other. You need to do both. And I mean, how how does your quant inform your qualitative research? Like, okay. can you talk a bit about that and how it how it inter it's interwoven? So the quant is going to give me, if you've got a live product, the quant is going to inform me of the current activities. Mm -hmm. So how uh, efficient is your site, how many visits they have, the bounce rate, you know, everything which I need about the current site. It's just going to tell me how many and how often. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe where uh, for location, but you know, mm -hmm. that's it. And you know, people with VPN now, the where, huh? we don't know where they are. Right. So mm -hmm. anyway, so that's, uh, but then we don't. We need to understand the why, yeah. so and how they do something. Mm -hmm. So we need to spend time with the user. So I will move to qualitative to see how and why, mm -hmm. to understand the reality of the world, and then after, if I start identifying some uh, systematic behavior or pattern or habits or action, mm -hmm. I will try to validate it with higher numbers. So I will do a mm -hmm. survey with a larger sample to validate my qualitative data. Even if the qualitative data can be highly reliable, depending mm -hmm. on the samples and the mm -hmm. size, but if you reach 16 participants, you can be quite confident you've got something going across. Mm -hmm. The stakeholders, they lack numbers. So mm -hmm. I give them numbers. Right. <laughs> so I do a survey because I'm very confident of the result. I just do a survey, which is just validating my right. findings from qualitative. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the quant data, and uh, you present it to your stakeholder, but the whole process from quant to qual to quant is mm -hmm. very important. So, so if I understand you correctly, you basically start with quant to define or to see actually what's going on. And then with qualitative, you find out like how or why is it going on and how, and then yes. you kind of try, and then you go back to quant to, to kind of ensure that the, yes. what you just saw is mm. is applicable to the mass. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a that's a simplified version. Right. Of, sometimes you have to move things around. Mm -hmm. If you start with a with a white page with nothing, mm -hmm. you are going to look at you do a lot of qual to understand yeah. the reality. But you do desk work and you can look at numbers. You can do competitor review. We've got quite a lot of uh, methods. Or uh, if we want to understand the architecture, you know, we can do a card sorting just to make mm -hmm. sure but that it's more quant, you know, so to see how people are moving things around. So it's really depending of your research question and the aim of the project and what the business wants to do. You know, mm -hmm. what do they want to achieve? And we're just here to try to guide them and give them some information. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then so to come back a bit to also what you're going to talk about in the workshop um, just to briefly touch that so you kind of talk about how to grow your team your internal team right so yeah. what what do i need to um let's say 
I, um, I, I'm a head of UX and I have um, three designers and two user researchers. Like, mm -hmm. and now you come in and then what, what do you, what kind of questions do you ask? And, um, and, and how do you start the process? Okay, so first of all, to see how many, what is the, 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 the business goal? What do they want to do? Mm -hmm. where, where do they want to go? in six months, one year, in five mm -hmm. years, you know, and it's for me, I need to have the vision and the projection. Mm -hmm. I need to understand their client base, you know, how much I look also at their revenue, what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on how many projects they want to launch, uh, it's very important to put one researcher per project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, we've got a big issue at the moment is there is no resources on the market. It's right. impossible. That's a big issue. There is right. no user researcher mm -hmm. on the market. Very little. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to find or to find people who can do the work. So, and also most of the people are contractors, because there is no real need in the organization. They just start to wake up and mm -hmm. say, "We need user researcher." Mm -hmm. So they start hiring user researcher, but. All the researchers, most of them are contractors because, mm -hmm. you know, we make more money as a contractor. Right. So it's very difficult to recruit people. So if you want a midweight researcher, it's super difficult. Yeah. And a super senior, we, you know, they, until they're going to rise, put a salary, you know, as a permanent person, like a decent, you know, management right. or salary, it's going to be very difficult to onboard people. Yeah. So it's also a longer process. Yeah. So we need yeah. to anticipate. So what I keep saying, it's what I'm going to do also on my workshop is what do you do with what you have? So if you got issue in your organization, most of the time they can't increase the headcount. That's mm -hmm. an issue. Yeah. So how do you get researcher if you can't increase your headcount? Mm -hmm. So what I do is I look at talents, people in the company who have the right foundation, mm -hmm. people who've done psychology, anthropology, sociology, you know, some mm -hmm. specific skill they learn in uni. So I can shape them, you know, to become mm -hmm. user researcher because mm -hmm. they've got some foundation. Okay. So I've been doing that for the government because they had a lot of um, contractors which mm -hmm. cost a fortune to the government. We are taxpayers, so we want to reduce the tax. <laughs> right. So the thing is, it's good to have contractors. You need experts. But you can't rely on 75% or 80% of contractors and only 2%, 20% of in-house mm -hmm. staff. So you need to have a, always a question of equilibrium. So identify talent, people with the right skill set or mm -hmm. researcher working in behavior. So, um, so I just spend time to identify those people. So I do a lot of uh, roadshow where I go to different offices, especially if it's uh, global or if it's uh, uh, the same country, but different offices to try to explain what is user research. And you always have the people with some research background coming to those talks. So then yeah. you identify them and say, okay, are you interested to do some user research? We can try to move you uh, to do user research. Mm -hmm. Or you may have people very sharp, you know, who learn very quickly. Yeah. So you want to onboard them. So identify the talent you already have. That's something mm -hmm. I always try to do. So you don't have the increase of uh, headcount. And my battle is from day one is to increase the headcount always. It's just to have more researchers is going to save them time in the long run. And it's a new profession. So it's, but to find them, but we can have graduates, but we need someone senior enough to train them mm -hmm. because there is no training at the moment. You can do a, a master in user experience or in UX, but you don't have a master in user research. Mm -hmm. You don't, or even a degree. 
Or even so, a, yeah. So so I mean so I mean what, I mean what are you like? If I come to you and I ask you, hey, I, I am I am working as a user researcher. I originally come from design and now work as a user researcher, and I want to kind of continue my education. Like, where do you send where do you send me or other people? Like, what what do you recommend them to do today? So. Um, when you go, you can go to some conferences when you got some good workshops. So mm -hmm. that's where you can learn. So I remember I did quite a few like a UX Cambridge, uh, you know, mm -hmm. event. I try to do workshop rather than talk because I think mm -hmm. it's more important to build a new generation and to help people yeah. to become user researchers. So I rather mm -hmm. do the workshop. And other people are like me. So to do the workshop, you can get some more insight. You can also read. There's a lot of research method, any research method. So there's some books. Um, so there's some, or you can also go to the gov.uk website. They've done a good info. Uh, mm -hmm. It's quite basic, but you've got enough information to start doing research. Yeah. So I will recommend you can go to the gov.uk um, um, yeah, user research um, uh, guidelines. And also there's some books um, like Human and Computer Interaction Research Method. So they're going to be mm -hmm. a bit more quantitative. And you can look at anything about like uh, doing fieldwork, diary studies. There's a lot of yeah. research in terms of education, you know, how you do diary study, how you do. Um, and user testing, you can, you know, there's a lot of video on YouTube. You try to, to yeah. get the information. There's not many books. Uh, there's few books, but not many. There'll be a new one soon, huh? mine, but... Uh, oh, there yeah, is... we get to that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's few books, actually, which I uh, uh, get some inspiration um, about ethnography. There's one called uh, Thinking Like a Researcher. It gives you mm -hmm. quite a good information about, about uh, ethnography, anthropology, so it's quite interesting to do the fieldwork. Um, and there is also user research by Stephanie Marsh. She's worked for the government. I think she's the head of user research for uh, GDS. And that she, she did the, well, it's quite basic, but it's quite nice. You know, so it's a good start to, to, to start working on that. And, and actually, so making the segue to, um, to, to your book, because what I found interesting is when we first started talking um, a week ago, I think, um, you mentioned something about also, the, I mean, there is maturity models for UX itself, yeah. Yeah. but there is none for kind of UX research um, and per se. Can you quickly talk about that and also how... Can I quickly kind of identify on on where I am? Like, and, and is is there some companies that are at the at the far end of of the highest maturity levels? Can you go a bit into about that and maybe talk yeah. about your your book and what? It yeah, is there is there is different level of maturity for user research. If you don't integrate at all, it's like anything. You've got a business model mm -hmm. for business maturity. You've got a UX model for UX maturity. Right. Uh, maturity. You got the same, so I, I wrote that on my book, but the user research maturity. So mm -hmm. when a company starts thinking user research, and there's different levels. There's one that from time to time, they don't do any research, and then zero yeah. maturity. And you've got the other extreme, which I will think like the government, British government, they are mm -hmm. almost at the top level in terms of the maturity because mm -hmm. they integrate it systematically in the yeah. product development and they also do assessment of every product and every assessment to validate and they 
put in place every different standard. So that could be design standard, it could be um, a, a security standard and user research standard, which are mm -hmm. at the same level almost. You know, they may fail an assessment if they don't do the research at all or if they don't do it properly. So, so and and when you when you kind of thought about writing a book, like what was important to you to actually like get across? Because you were saying there are not that many books. So so what's what's your take? What yeah? I wanted two aspects of it. Is one is how where the where it's, where is user research coming from and what is user research to really define it. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was one thing I wanted to do. Then uh, to talk about, you know, how to integrate it into your organization. Mm -hmm. So from your maturity, do I get a contractor? Do I get an agency? Do I get someone permanent? So I wanted sometimes, you know, to explain, you know, when you can do what, because it's mm -hmm. not always the same thing. It's not the same recipe for everybody. And then I wanted also to talk about the process, uh, which method and when the process and, uh, and also yeah. the main methods. You know, mm -hmm. so I just look at different methods and I explain from the beginning to the end how to use it yeah. and why you use it. So people could have this book and they, if they don't have the resource to do user research, they should have enough at the end of this book. They mm -hmm. should have enough to sell research, user research into the organization. So I need budget to do user research. So I give argument, tips, have done it, you know, learn and try. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I try right. things, some right. stuff didn't work, some stuff work, you know, you know, it's what I put, my experience and also my research skills coming from mm -hmm. a pure research background, you know, which method and when. Because if we want to be taken seriously as a profession, we need yeah. to use the right method. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, mm -hmm. they say they do the research, but it's not the totally. right method. Yeah. And then after people say, oh, use the research. It's, it's, yeah. We don't, right. I don't want to, use, I, want, I want, you know, people, at least they can use the right method. Yeah, and so, so that's so what I wanted. Yeah, and so your book is not yet um, out, right? So should we, be out by Christmas normally. Christmas, okay, that's <laughs> a good Christmas present. A good Christmas present. <laughs> I have to, you... I have to, I have to. No, no, I've got. A, we are in the design of some stuff, so uh, yeah, it's practical user research. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, um, we, we might share it. Um, uh, if you're subscribing to the to the to the to the testing time newsletter, we. Uh, we get you on there yeah, um, thanks. at some point. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And so, before we go to the to the to the questions, how how do you today kind of see the the uh, the field of user research and some of the main issues? I mean, you mentioned one, which is like education, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then you have the methods uh, that are not applied correctly. Is there mm -hmm. other things that that you see that you um, change and maybe also the, the the people that are listening in today to make them aware of of um, how, how how they can move this field forward i think to i think the education is something very important and i've been trying to to move things forward and or to get an apprenticeship going or to work with some university mm. but it's still very slow but eventually yeah. this will happen uh, uh, so that's an issue. Also, um, the main issue is uh, companies don't think it's uh, it's important to do user research. So that's a mm -hmm. big battle. And I think it's important in the community we just stick together and try to make you know to 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 fight that because if people don't uh, understand the importance of doing user research, you know we are not going to move forward. So right. we have to be loud. 
You know, mm -hmm. we have mm -hmm. to go to conferences. We have to yeah. write blogs. We need to, it takes time. We need to really share and to put all the resources together. So people from all over the world, we just work on user research and making mm -hmm. user research as an important point in the product development. You know, that's the only way we can move forward. Yeah, I love that. And it also gives the power to the researchers themselves, right? You can actually do something mm -hmm. um, to move to move the ball forward. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so from here we go into the, we're actually pretty good this time. <laughs> Usually we're way overboard, um, but we have uh, quite a few questions, so let's get to them. Um, uh, Sarah is asking, what is an effective way to present your findings to the stakeholders? So how okay. do you think about that? Okay, so one thing which is very important about presenting the findings, it's understanding who are going to be the stakeholders. You need mm -hmm. to adapt your findings and the presentation of the finding so it makes sense to them. If mm -hmm. we come with uh, just, um, if people are interested about numbers, you need to put numbers. If it's someone really into design, you need to try to make it more attractive to the eye because otherwise the attention is going to change. We really need to capture their full attention when you present. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure we understand their, their question. What do they try to solve? Yeah. If we understand what they try to solve, our answer will be to answer their questions, our evidence. Mm -hmm. So to be visual, very little text. I saw so many presentations where it's like, you sure. know, you've got like- Well, that's 50, what you will learn in university, right? 50 line, 50 <laughs> yeah. line in your, in, their PowerPoint or their keynote, you know, mm -hmm. you can't even read it. You don't want to do user research and you write that big, you know, make it readable, mm -hmm. you know, make it easy, put some pictures, use the imagery and the semantic actually to make, to convey your findings. So mm -hmm. I always try to do both and bullet points, you know, no big yeah. sentence, bullet points, quick numbers, um, you know, you just try to make them understand quickly what, and explain what you've done, where we come from, uh, you know, what we've done, yeah, how many process. parts, the process. Mm -hmm. It's always the aim and the goal of the project, the method we are using, the mm -hmm. participant we are using, how many participants, the um, research method, the analysis, the findings. What those findings mean, the interpretation of the findings. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, systematically. You are very systematic yeah. as a researcher. So you mm -hmm. kind of go through them, through the whole process, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You kind of guide through, so in the end, uh, the findings actually make sense. Yes. Right? The interpretations of the findings and so since this is anyways the most of all the question what 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 kind of groups do you have so you mentioned in the beginning first you need to um, think about who you're talking to so mm. what how, how would you kind of pocket these groups and how you talk differently to them but you don't the say group? the same thing if you speak with an engineer you're not mm -hmm. going to use the same words when, when mm -hmm. you speak with a designer. And mm -hmm. if you you speak with a financial director, because you want some budget and they're interested right. to get to understand what was the finding and why you need to get more money for the project, mm -hmm. the research is going to give you some background and ex evidences. You know, you don't use the same thing. So, mm -hmm. for example, for the designer, you are going to say, Oh, that was great, but I think, you know, the contrast was not great for this person. So maybe you mm -hmm. can look at something a bit more, a bit different. For mm -hmm. the engineer, the color doesn't really matter. They want functionality. So in right. terms of functionality, mm -hmm. you know, they want, they want to go this. And for the financial director, you say, if we don't do this, it's going to cost that much to the company. So it's how mm -hmm. you interpret the same result right. with different terminology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's how you get your 
the and information. also find out, right, what the interest is, as you said. But, yeah. Like, yeah. What is the other person interested in? Yeah. That's, that's, because that's, our own understanding for us, we get very excited when we see something interesting sure. about the data, but it's not what the other people like, you know? Right. You know? And so then you're like, why are you not? No. Why are you not? <laughs> yeah. As excited yeah. as I am. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, second question. Um, what is your opinion on guerrilla usability testing? I think it's great. I use it mm -hmm. a lot for quick mm -hmm. fix. Um, uh, when we test any wireframe, a prototype, you know, mm -hmm. I will do it. I will use it to take my laptop anywhere. I like the, I like the um, natural environment quick. Mm -hmm. So it's nice. Uh, I won't do all of it. Sometimes I, we need to do the whole user journey and a bit right. more uh, testing, but I still like the natural quick environment. But how do you, I mean, how much are you relying on on the results of that career test versus just giving you kind of an intuition for it? Or like, what, I mean, what are you doing with the results of the of the? I do the, the same process. I do the same, same process, process as mm -hmm. for user testing in a lab. I will record the data. I will go back to the data. I will analyze mm -hmm. my data. It's just the setting. It's quick. So it's not yeah. going to be 45 minutes and now. It can be 20 mm -hmm. minutes. You mm -hmm. just test one functionality very quickly. Or you do a quick A-B testing. You know, if can you want make... to compare to design, you will yeah. do quick A-B mm -hmm. testing. You know. Can you make a quick example um, from your... From your uh from your daily life, um, um, work life, fashion life, when you actually used it? Like you were in a situation where you need quick results and then what exactly did you do? Especially I use it a lot when we work on internal software or mm -hmm. internal uh, um, product. So if mm -hmm. it's uh, something for the user, which are member of the staff. So I will go yeah. to their desk and I will test it with them. Mm -hmm. You okay. know, I just said something I use. We, I work on an intranet for a company in France, mm -hmm. and we were redesigning the whole internet, and I was just going to the desk to show some stuff. <laughs> Look at this, exactly. Yeah, we did mm -hmm. do at the end, when we had the, 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 the whole build, we did the full user testing with eye tracking, which was amazing, mm -hmm. because we can see how people navigated, and we mm -hmm. did it in the office, in a room, mm -hmm. but all the time we were just showing people with this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's nice, you combine, you know. Yep. Mixed methods. Uh, uh, right? uh, okay, good. Um, so then Leon is asking, um, I guess he's quoting you here, it's better to do a little bit of research than nothing. And then he asks, or is it? If done improperly, then one might develop a wrong product. How to discover if the client is doing the research in a right way when they tell you we've done some research? Mm. Okay. So when I say a little bit rather than not at all, it's uh, with a proper researcher, of course. You know? okay. <laughs> so if you don't know how to do it, I've seen people doing research and going in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so uh, you need to, the, the, one of the major skills of a user researcher is objectivity. Mm -hmm. So we, don't, we are always a bad cup. We are going, we're always there to say that doesn't work. Your mm -hmm. design is... We don't say it like this, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to do something else. Or the product, it's a bad idea. It doesn't work with the user. Just in you know? general. So yeah. In general. You know, that's a <laughs> yeah. job. That's a job. We are the bad <laughs> cup all the time. So mm -hmm. if you do a little bit, take a professional for a couple of days. It's worth yeah. the, the, the two days. Get someone, get an expert for a couple of days, and they will come out with something, or because they've got 
previous knowledge. So they are going to give some of their experience and transferable mm -hmm. knowledge. They may give you some tips. They can prepare probably a survey for you at the same time. A couple of days, they got time to prepare a survey. They may yeah. look at your analytics. They may look at your competitors. And they say, okay, look at this. They will tell you where to look at. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. better to do two days research to get someone for a couple of days. Yeah. And they can extract some findings and some, some stuff or then doing nothing. But don't just say, okay, someone, you know, we've got an intern here, doesn't know how to work, but we've got someone free going to do the work. Right. Also, you know, we had here a project where we had a, someone doing some work experience, a very smart young guy, and I just show him how to do things. I help him to create his survey, and he did actually an interview over the phone, and he was brilliant. You mm -hmm. know, so with a bit of support and, you know, you can mm -hmm. do something. You know, you need you need to have the support from someone with a bit more experience, and someone junior can do it. You know, it's a learning curve. Makes sense, yeah. Mm. Makes sense. We have a little case here uh, from Louis. Um, we are in a startup, and we have three cross-functional teams. If we start by hiring a user researcher, what would be his slash her best possible contribution? help each teams with incremental innovations. For example, a team has an existing feature, enhancement idea, and the researcher helps validate the value or help the company clarify the bigger picture on a strategic level and target more disruptive innovations. Uh, for example, new products or, or, new, or new opportunities. Well, both. I think we can work on what you are currently working on. And then the researcher can also be uh, available to help with for the innovation and future of the, of the business. Because the thing is, the researcher is going to spend time with the user. By spending time with the user, we mm. understand the need and the gap in the market. So mm -hmm. by spending time on testing your current product, we may identify a gap in the market that can be feeding your innovation and your future, the future of your business. So we do both as a user researcher. So if you got a user researcher in your team, it should be both and should be there when they, you do like some planning for future product. Because mm -hmm. they may have some ideas from previous work as well and and to to kind of go a bit deeper on the questions uh, on, on the same question so it's it's kind of day one of this user researcher and i never hired a user researcher like what 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 is this person going to do you know i mean how do i integrate them okay so how many three teams huh Three functional teams, three, three cross-functional teams, yeah. Three cross-functional teams. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you got one researcher, it would be probably across the three teams to start That's with. Okay. So the first thing to start is to put some process to explain, you know, where which type of method are available to make sure the team understand the benefit and what the user research role is and what they are mm -hmm. going to do. Uh, if it's one, uh, when we need the researcher need to understand every project, understand where they are today, what is already live, what is not live, what they plan to do, and to see, to do a plan for each project where to integrate mm -hmm. user research. Then they can prioritize depending on their deadline, mm -hmm. what they want to do. So they are going to work straight away. <laughs> Good. And Good. to hire a researcher needs to be someone who actually can have a, a full vision of, you know, what well, needs to be thing, done. Right? I mean, you, you mentioned now a few times, like, what are the skills? Like, if I hire a user researcher, it might be interesting um, as well before we go to the last question. Um, uh, if I hire a user researcher, like, what do I look for? Like, what's a good user researcher? What kind of signals 
um, do you usually see or find uh, with the people that are good user researchers? You've got two different type of people. You've got the people who've been learning, have been working and been doing the job for a long time, and they've mm -hmm. been doing training all the time and the workshops and you know lots of things like this mm -hmm. and work on a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. um, you've got also the people with uh, strong psychology, sociology, anthropology, human and, uh, human and computer interaction mm -hmm. background. And I think for me, that's what I'm looking for. You know? yeah. uh, I will look at cognitive psychology, processes, psychology, they're good in quant and qual, qual uh, research mm -hmm. method, Com human computer interaction, functionality, analytics, they will be good at that and making creating some survey. Mm -hmm. uh, Trampologists, they will be very good in doing field work, understanding, capturing the data, uh, doing diary study, doing contextual inquiries. So it really depends if you got someone with like multiple research method skills. And mm -hmm. uh, but when you're looking for someone as a first hire, I will look for someone who can do user testing and discovery because they're going to. This is going to be the priority. Mm -hmm. You know, the analytics everyone can do a little bit of it. You know, it's quite, You read a book, you understand analytics. You know. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, doing a survey, you can find someone with uh, um, uh, social social behavior background, or you can even find some survey people help you to create a survey. Yeah. But what takes time and, and knowledge is to capture the data, choose the right method to create the research question, to create the mm -hmm. discussion guide. And I think someone with a research background, sociology or or psychology or human and computer interaction would be good. So you could even like, do you sometimes take people directly from university without yeah. them? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because they, you can just shape them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So even yeah. if they yeah. haven't had direct like UX um, uh, knowledge, no. they, they bring the toolkit to actually do proper research. Yeah. yeah. And they will learn on the field. And actually they, they will have this, they need a, 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 a toolkit of research mm -hmm. method. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what they need. You know, they should not design. You know, sometimes people they want the researcher to do right. the wireframe, the, the prototype. Team of one, yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, good. So last question. Um, we have here. Let me quickly see. Ah, uh, what about um, as a designer? I want to become a user researcher. So, like, I'm a designer now, and then. I want to become a user researcher, want to go into that kind of why? field, and I might not have the skills that, that you why? just outlined. The question is why? <laughs> why do the they? Question, why? The question is why? Well, I mean, maybe Marianne um, is still here and can answer. And in the meantime, um, we're asking another question <laughs> from, uh, from Olga. Um, how do you explain to your customers, um, in brackets, companies, that 10 to 20 participants are sufficient for a reliable, representative, qualitative research. Mm -hmm. What do you tell them if they ask, are you sure this little group of people is all we need to get the right insights? Yeah, because in terms of qualitative data, you need less participants to have a degree of confidence. So with 16, you will have the same degree of confidence on having 100 participants. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so that you get that also in my book, all the detail and all the argument. So, All right. Good. Okay. I, I haven't I haven't heard yet from her, so I guess we are wrapping up. I also saw like you have to slowly, so slowly, people slowly in my room waiting for me to move so, out. Where can people reach you? Um, uh, they can reach me on uh, Twitter, also on LinkedIn. You know, if people mm -hmm. want to contact me on LinkedIn, I'm always connected, so they can contact me there. 
Okay, perfect. Good. Mm -hmm. So if you have to run, you run. I do um, <laughs> some uh, uh, admin stuff here to close things off and, uh, mm -hmm. and announce also the next uh, uh, episode. Thank you very okay. much. Thank Emmanuel, you. And, Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks. Bye. And talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.